Good afternoon. This is Michelle Pearson. I'm call, I'm uh, speaking to you from the uh, 1150 AM KKNW studios this afternoon. And it is the occasion of my first declaration of having a law hour. I have been covering for Kim Ariano, who very deftly has been shepherding the Walk the Talk show for many years and uh, has given me the opportunity as a sponsor to come in and cover the show from time to time. And she and I have done the show here on legal subjects a number of times. And we've also talked about the Veterans Advocates Guild, which is a, a nonprofit that my husband and I run. But uh, today I am actually going to kind of step out and um, declare that this is the time when it's appropriate for me to sort of claim my hour. So I want to make sure people know who uh, is here with me. And my first person I want to introduce is Lindsay Masters. Lindsay works with Kim and is uh, responsible for... um, coordinating and uh, helping Kim to uh, present the show over time and uh, making sure that her... Why don't you talk a little bit about what you do, Lindsay? Well, as Kim's explained before, I'm the new media producer, so I'm in charge of all the Facebook, all the website stuff, which, speaking of which, we are going to be launching a new website, hopefully by next Wednesday. Wow, that's... that. So that will be which... The Walk the Talk website? Walk the Talk with Kim, yeah, because we're now a nonprofit organization, so we get a brand new website to go along with that. It's going to be pretty snazzy, and we are super excited about it. Super snazzy. I like snazzy. That's a good word. So thank you. Thank you for being here. I uh, am very happy to have someone here to, to talk with, and of course, I'm always happy to be here with Eric. Eric has uh, gotten me over the bridge several times here when I've before the show, I say, well, I, don't, I hope I've brought enough, and I hope I have enough to talk about, and I hope it's interesting. And Eric's like, you'll be fine. <laughs> I've got your back. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome back, Michelle. Glad to Thank have you, you back here on Walk the Talk with Gamor. Are you calling it? You, you've said that this is your legal hour. Do you have a fancy name for it now? I don't have a fancy name for it. Okay. I think that's something we'll we'll work on in the uh, before the next episode. I think we got about a month, right? Oh, an episode we could do. We could serialize it like Buck Rogers. Sure, sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's a very. Well, let's good... just make sure we leave this as a cliffhanger at the end. Then I think that's a good idea. What will the show be called? Da, da, Find da, da. out on the next exciting episode of. <laughs> it doesn't have a name, so we <laughs> we won't know. That's <laughs> we'll find out. So the thing that I wanted to talk about today, uh, I know we've talked about a lot of different things on this show over time, um, but I've been really very involved recently in a number of continuing continuing legal education seminars. Mm -hmm. I'm required to take those uh, to a certain number of points and, you know, credits and so forth every year. Just to keep you up to date with all the changes that happen in the law? Correct. Oh. And, yeah, just to make sure that you're keeping your, like Stephen Covey says, your saw sharpened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, I've been very involved in these continuing legal education uh, seminars over the past few months. And one of the things that I have come to realize over these 
past few months being involved in these seminars, but also prior to that is how much misunderstanding there is about jury service and where the jury concept was born, how it actually sort of emigrated over here, um, what it actually means, how people think about it. And in my work, and as you know, and, and listeners who've tuned in before know, my husband and I, Jerry, practice together. We have a, a personal injury firm, and we have clients all over the state. But we have a, um, a practice out in Snoqualmie, and um, it, it's alarming sometimes how many misconceptions there are about jury service. Mm. And when I was doing just a little bit of research, I mean, I could probably sit here and talk for two hours about juries and my own experiences and experiences I've seen and, you know, I've had in trial and so forth. But just getting on to the places that you'd think most people would look for information, there is some information, but it's a surprisingly, um, it's a surprising character character of information. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on. But um, so the first question I have for the two of you is, do you have any idea where the concept of a jury actually came from? Uh, You know, I don't. I have no idea. This is new to me. Well, it actually uh, was, I mean, so far as I can tell, uh, our system of uh, jury service was first described in the Magna Carta. And uh, through you know, the ages, the hundreds of years that have preceded all of us and thousands of years that have preceded all of us since that time, uh, it has come to mean for us, importantly here in this area, a group of usually 12, but not always 12, people who are tasked with determining someone's fate. And when I say someone, when I say fate, I mean, you know, in terms of uh, either um, a finding of negligence or criminality or those kinds of things. The defendant in any kind of court case, right? Uh, yes, the defendant in any kind of court case. Yeah. That's probably a good way to say it. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever served on a jury? Because I wonder if being a lawyer doesn't automatically get you disqualified for being on a jury. And am I jumping way ahead? And no, I'm sorry no, no, if I I'm, am, but I'm, I'm happy I'm curious. to be jumping. I, I've, I have a lot of rabbits in my yard this time of the year, so I'm into jumping. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching them for months. So, uh, okay, so we know what you, what you think, whether or not, what, what do you think, Lindsay? Do you think that being a lawyer automatically disqualifies you from serving as a juror? I think there might be some merit to that thought. I'm not sure. Actually, um, I have served on a jury. And I was going to talk about it, and it's fine to talk about it now. Um, well, we can we can go more in depth in, into this, but I was just curious about the the lo- legal thing. Uh, if you were a lawyer, if they say, "Well, you know, you're going to analyze this case way differently than your average citizen," so therefore, we're, we're going to get somebody else in. Okay, so the definition of a jury. Before I answer your question, the definition of a jury is. And this is from Black's Law Dictionary, which is, as you might imagine, the dictionary for all legal professionals, for all legal, most legal terms. And lots of them are, you know, the old Latin terms. Thank goodness I don't have to speak Latin or understand <laughs> Latin. You know, years ago, you really did need to know quite a bit of 
I mean, you had really had to translate a lot of the phraseology and stuff. It was mu- a lot of Latin. And you had to wear one of those wigs, too. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> they and still the powder. Do still do it in England. And and the women, the women barristers uh, wear them as well. Yeah. They look really weird. They do, yeah. But <laughs> it's tradition, right? Yes, it's tradition. I always wonder where they, well, never mind. Okay, so... Um, so a jury is a body of persons temporarily selected from the citizens of a particular district and invested with the power to present or indict a person for a public offense or to try a question of fact. Okay, so that is, you know, the probably driest and most helpful in a way to, as a starting off point for the conversation because... It doesn't say that these that this body of people has to be composed of any certain kind of people, and it doesn't talk about whether or not certain types of people should be eliminated from uh, the body of persons. So it's a body of persons who are temporarily selected from the citizens. Okay, so attorneys are citizens. Everyone is able. I mean, there are certain people who are eliminated from the jury pool, like you know, depending on criminal history and, and, and that sort of thing. It's usually registered voters and they, you know, um, registered drivers. And there's a whole different way that they, different ways that they um, put together the pool. But so in answer to your question, attorneys can serve on juries because attorneys, just like doctors or, um, you know, uh, scientists, any of those people can be, um, you know, they are, Part of the part community. Of, part, they're okay. part of the community, exactly. So, All right. Well, that makes sense. I, yeah. I was just curious, you know, because yeah. we do hear about people being disqualified from jury duty because of their attitude or that they've uh, read too much about a story in the news and they might be prejudiced uh, towards uh, the outcome of the case. So right. I thought maybe there's something in there about lawyers might be prejudiced about the outcome of the case. Well, one of the things that is for sure is that in every case there are two sides being argued. And it is the duty of each of the sides to do the best they can to get what they believe is an impartial jury. So there are opportunities to uh, request that certain people who are available to serve not be ma- not be made part of the jury. Mm-hmm. And there are you know terms for that, um, and, which don't matter. I mean, basically, you can ask for certain people to be eliminated. Um, there are also people who will be eliminated just because they have lots of conflicts or they have a vacation or a surgery and they can prove it and so forth. Um, but so there are two sides, and each of the sides have the same opportunity to seat people they feel would be unbiased and fair. So in my case, uh, what I what I had was I, I actually sat, during a very brief, it was about three days, criminal trial. I do no criminal work, and neither of the sides who were doing the, um, what they call voir dire, which is the uh, interaction with the jury pool before they're actually selected and seated. So, for instance, you might have between 40 and 60 people come into a room to seat 12 people because many of those people will, as I was saying before, have reasons that they can't sit, they can't go through whatever the extent of the trial is, or um, for some reason that the uh, attorneys feel that they would be either unbiased 
uh, they would be biased or unfair, and they couldn't follow the the uh, judge's instructions. So in my case, it was a criminal trial. I don't do any cr- criminal work. I do negligence work, um, and it was absolutely the one of the most educational experiences I've ever had in my life, and it really, really helped me in my work because for two reasons. Um, one was I saw a lot. I, I got to witness other attorneys doing their job, which was always helpful. It's always helpful to watch that. I also got to um, see what goes on in a small criminal trial where you have people coming in from the jailhouse and, you know, the jury is constantly asked to, you know, they, they're excused so the prisoners can come in and seat themselves in the witness box and get all the, you know, the chains off and all of that. I mean, it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. But the most incredible part of the experience was being in deliberations because, I mean, I, I, before I became an attorney, I was, um, I, w- I did sales and I did marketing. And, you know, there's lots of things that go on in business and you're like, well, I can't believe that happened or that didn't seem right or that kind of thing. Or, you know, you'd be in meetings and you'd leave and people would have different versions of what happened at the meeting. And I wasn't my action item. It's your action item kind of stuff, you know. But in the, so, so here I am in the jury room thinking, of course, everyone paid as much attention as I did. And, you know, certainly they got all the same instructions that I did. And jury instructions are read to the jury by the judge and then they're provided to the jury. But I just couldn't believe how much disagreement there was about what actually happened in the courtroom in that deliberation room. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. It was just remarkable. And they don't give you like a tape of that you can just rewind and go, look, see, I was right. He, this is where he said. No. Nope. Okay. Nope. Interesting. Nope. It, was, it was pretty amazing. Um, I actually ended up writing an article about it. Uh, for the Washington State Trial Lawyers Association, which is now the Washington State Association for Justice uh, magazine or, or news newspaper that comes out every month. It was about, I think I served in like, must have been 2006 because I was the editor then. And um, the fellow who was the defendant was, he didn't start out defending himself. Mm-hmm. He had an attorney, he had a public defender, but about, 20 minutes into the into the trial he kind of well fired him <laughs> and you know there was some you know there was some jockeying with the judge and like right. what are we going to do because obviously the guy's not an attorney doesn't know what to do and he needs representation and he has a right to a pd and all as a public defender and everything anyway to make a long story short um the fellow this this defendant was wearing a mickey mouse sweater I mean, he looked perfectly, you know, clean and, you know, neat. Sure. And he was doing his job and everything. He was doing the best he could. But he, you know, he was there from outside the jail. So I guess he didn't have a lot in his closet. But, um, you know, I noticed that even myself, when I looked at him, I was like, is wearing a Mickey Mouse sweater? Right. Court? And I'm like, you know, it can't be very serious. So it's there's truth to that expression then that the uh, the person that represents himself in court has a fool for a client. Well, I don't know because he actually he was able to hang our jury. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. We'll talk more about juries when we come back after these words here. Uh, more Walk the Talk with Kim with special guest host Michelle Pearson Day. We're talking about juries, and we've got much more to come. So keep your dial here on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Are you stuck? Are you plagued by a toxic relationship? Are you frustrated with a lack of motivation? Workforce Evolution offers classes that explain why people behave the way they do and how to change patterns that wreak havoc on business and relationships in order to accelerate innovation and creativity. Go to WorkforceEvolution.com to find out how you can join a free class. That's WorkforceEvolution.com or call 425-888-9790. Does your organization crave new ideas? ThinkShop can help. For 16 years, ThinkShop has inspired creative thinking at Fortune 500 companies, small businesses, and nonprofits. We help you imagine new offerings, strategies, or ways of doing business. Our proven processes and engaging workshops deliver powerful results. Learn more at thinkshop.com. Hi, this is Jerry Pearson, and along with my wife, Michelle Pearson, we're at the Pearson Law Firm, where we're called lawyers. But the truth is, we're really fathers and mothers and a family. A family of people who are members of a community where we are committed to preventing harm and protecting others, to enforcing rules that enhance our lives and take care of our families. That's what we do. That's who we are. At the Pearson Law Firm, you can call for a free case evaluation by calling 1-800-423-8473. We work with colleagues. We collaborate. We're committed to expertise and resources and making them available to members of our community. Call us at 1-800-423-8473 or check us out at walkthetalkwithkim.com. You too can lose up to 30 pounds in 30 days with the My Weight Loss to Wellness Accelerated Weight Loss Program. No celebrities, no HCG, and no prepackaged food. See results in just seven days. We use award-winning science-based nutrition and natural botanicals. For information, contact MyWeightLossToWellness at gmail.com and mention Walk the Talk with Kim. Get a grip on life with Alternative Talk 1150. Eric, do you remember John Larroquette? Yes, I do, yeah. This music that you're playing reminds me of that show, Night Court. Well, that's because that's his theme song to Night Court. We're, we're talking about the the law, of course, on this hour, because you are Michelle Pearson That's filling right. in for Kim Ariano here on Walk the Talk with Kim, and uh, your expertise is the law, and uh, that's why I throw in a little bit of legal music for you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And thank you for uh, reiterating why we're here and what we do. I'm still getting used to doing that when we come back from breaks. No for problem. For those of you who just joined us. Every. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> That's a very good impression of me, yeah. by the way. <laughs> we're talking about uh, we're talking about juries on this hour, uh, and uh, you know I, it strikes me that uh, on night court, of course, they never had a jury because, well, it was a it was a night court thing, right? It was, uh, but it, it does make me wonder. I don't actually know what is the line that uh, makes them call in a jury because it seems like some court cases, or if you ever just watch the People's Court, for instance. 
they don't have a jury. It's just the judge ruling. So what what makes them bring into the jury? What's the the line there? Okay. Well, first of all, the people's court is kind of, you know. I know it's just for a kangaroo TV. Court. right? It's yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's all for you know ratings and commercials. Uh, but that's a really good question. A lot of people don't know that a, a jury trial has to be requested. By the defendant, by, by one, the lawyers? By or? one of the parties. Interesting. Yes, it has to be requested by one of the parties. Thank you for, for reminding me about that, because that's a great question. A so, lot of people don't know that. So if someone is, say, you know, on trial for murder, it's not automatically uh, set up as I'm a— I'm sorry. In in criminal cases, no. It is, there, there, there are certain things that are automatic. But in on the civil side, it has to be requested, right? That I didn't make that distinction. So Sorry. when we're talking about someone getting sued, you know, um, then, then that would be a civil case. Correct. And that's like, you know, you spilled uh, hot coffee on your lap and you sue McDonald's. That that kind of case. Correct. Then McDonald's would say, well, we want a jury. Correct. In this case. Correct. Okay. And that brings up another really good point, And that is that there's a huge misunderstanding. Um, and I will uh, not point to any one um you know, vein of, uh, I don't want to call it, well, um, of, of national discourse in mm-hmm. the past 20 years, but most people believe that jury trials are requested by those who've been injured, and it mm. is exactly the opposite. So it usually so, is the defendant. Then. So when people, so when people accuse um, those who've been injured of, you know, frivolous lawsuits, the people who are actually, I mean, yes, they people do file lawsuits, but the runaway juries and all these other things that victims are accused of, you know, igniting and, and so forth, the, the defendants, 99% of the time, that the defendant is the party that is asking for the jury trial. So um, many times um, a victim would rather not have to go through that. They would rather... Um, you know, either settle or mediate and hope that the defendant does the right thing and so forth. Because many, I mean, yes, there are people who should not get the opportunity to drag someone through court. It is not fair. But the vast majority of lawsuits are viable. Attorneys do not have time to go into court and just waste their money and their Mm -hmm. time because it's very expensive to get to court. You have to, I mean, in a complicated case, by the time you've gotten there, you might have spent somewhere between fifty and two hundred fifty thousand dollars just mm. getting there and having the types of people who can um, opine about the facts and what they mean. Well, I referenced uh, a very famous case that people do hold up as being a frivolous uh, lawsuit mm-hmm. where uh, this elderly woman spilled hot coffee on herself and sued McDonald's and mm-hmm. won. And uh, it seems like the facts about that case have been completely distorted uh, over time in, you know, discussions on, quote unquote, <laughs> news shows. And and I remember the distinctly from the details of that case that she actually only wanted the uh, McDonald's to pay for her medical bills uh, originally. But they said, no, 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 this, this is frivolous. And so then uh, she had to take them to court just so that she could get the medical care because she was severely burned and scarred by their yes. super hot coffee. Yes. And uh, and then um, the jury actually did award her uh, a much larger 
uh, the amount of money than she had even asked for. Correct. Um, and uh, it, it just goes to your point that, uh, yeah, it usually it, it isn't um, a frivolous case. Well, there's a couple of interesting things as long as you brought that up because that's um, th- that it's it's fascinating what happened with that. Again, what what got sound bit out mm-hmm. of that whole um, out of that whole case was the award, right? And the jury felt, and I don't remember which state it was in, but it was a state I believe that had punitive damages. Mm-hmm. So there were very very large punitive damages, which is separate from. All of the other considerations, it's, it's, you can think of it as two different chunks of sort of verdict award. Uh, one is for compensation to the victim for um, past and future medical, past and future uh, what they call general damages, which is things like uh, the pain that someone went through, you know, uh, permanent scarring, um, loss of mobility, isolation, all those kinds of things, being unable to do what she might have done previously. But here's the interesting thing about that that case, and there is a wonderful um, documentary that was done on it. It's called Hot Coffee, it's I called believe. It's Hot yeah. Coffee. It's yeah. great. If you haven't seen it, you should. I have copies of it. I'd love to send you one. Please um, do. Yeah. <laughs> I still but, haven't seen it, but I, I've been but, meaning to. But the McDonald's case, McDonald's had been told number a great number of times about the fact that their coffee was too hot and that it was actually melting the seam, the glue seam on the on the paper cups, and that's what happened. She, it, it wasn't that she poured it on herself. It's the seam from the in the coffee cup failed and went on her on her lap, and then. You know, they the jury decided that McDonald's had known for quite some time yeah. could have done something very easy to avoid anybody getting hurt. I and did not know about the horrible, same thing. That's she terrible. had horrible, horrible injuries. She really did. Terrible yeah. injuries. And you're right. She was she she was the last person. I've forgotten her name. She was the last person who wanted to turn it into a large fight. She mm-hmm. didn't want to do that. Um, and members of the community were sitting in that in that jury box and thinking, you know, we have to do something to make sure that our community, this could have happened to me. It could have happened to my child. Right. You know, a child could have been on a seat next to an adult or something. I mean, it could, all sorts of things. Anyone could have been injured. Somebody driving to work, somebody, um, you know, trying to deliver something important and, you know, having, you know, an ambulance driver. I mean, it could have happened to, to anyone. Mm-hmm. Could have happened to someone in the, actually in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the community got together in that room and sent a message and said, you know, you are a gigantic corporation. Why didn't you do something when you knew you could do it? And we're going to make sure that you hear the, the the message we want to deliver. And that is, mm-hmm. you need to cut this out. You need to make it safe. You're go- you're If you're going to hand this through the window, it needs to be safe. Right. So, and the other thing that a lot of people don't know is that when the... Um, when it came time to actually enter the judgment after that trial, the judge reduced that award by millions. Interesting. So people still remember whatever the number was, you know, eight right. million the or whatever it was. Right, the original amount, yeah. It, it was, reduced, it was re- reduced massively. I mean, it, was still, it still gave her what she needed in terms of uh, making sure that her body was getting taken care of, you know, that she could get her... For skin grafts and all of those kinds of things, um, 
but it, yeah, it was it was called a remitter. They actually look at, you know, judges can do that. They have the power to do that. So, hmm. so even when a jury makes a decision, that uh, the judge sounds like still has the final say in in cases. Is that right, or um, what's that dynamic like? Well, not entirely, but I'll give you an, another example. Um, so, so to answer your question simply. Sometimes they have power to do it, and sometimes they don't. It depends on the case. It depends on the, the um, evidence that's been presented. I'll give you another example. Um, my husband, before I was an attorney, tried a case in Snohomish. Well, hang on. We, we actually are due for I another break so. real quick. And this sounds like it's going to be a great story. So we should uh, take this break. We'll come right back. We'll get more into this discussion on juries with Michelle Pearson from the Pearson Law Firm. We'll be right back with more here on Walk the Talk with Kim on Alternative Talk 1150. Mountside Gymnastics Academy is now open in North Bend, offering gymnastics classes and summer camps to get your little ones and big ones moving this spring and summer. From recreation classes to competitive team, they have the gymnastics scene covered in the valley. Visit them online at www.mountsidegymnasticsacademy.com or call 425-292-3152. Get your kids flipping and twisting into summer. Accelerated weight loss and everyone's a winner. You too can lose up to 30 pounds in 30 days. It's about science, not celebrities. No HCG, just award-winning science-based nutrition and natural botanicals. Join 10,000 satisfied clients. For information, contact myweightlosswellness at gmail.com and mention Walk the Talk with Kim. Hello, this is Kim Ariano of Walk the Talk with Kim. The reality is staggering. South Africa has one of the highest incidences of HIV-AIDS in the world. This fact results in millions of orphans left in the care of other family members, friends, or fending for themselves in child-headed households. Focus on Katemba offers orphans and vulnerable children a new direction in life through loving foster care homes with committed parents and a real opportunity for a good education. Please consider sponsoring a child to receive the needed stability to change their world. Go to atembakids.org. Or follow the links from walkthetalkwithkim.com. Remember the pink tow truck? It was a Seattle icon. But did you know the mastermind behind the marketing was also one of Seattle's successful entrepreneurs? Learn life lessons from Ed Lincoln by reading his new autobiography, Life Through the Rearview Mirror. Available at area bookstores and online. Go to walkthetalkwithkim.com and click on the link. Hi, I'm Jerry Pearson, and since 1977, we at the Pearson Law Firm have guided individuals and their families through the legal process to seek justice and restitution in insurance disputes and personal injury claims. At the Pearson Law Firm, we work hard to secure justice in civil matters with a network of resources, a wealth of experience, and a compassionate attitude. That's the Pearson Promise. Contact us at 1-800-423-8473. That's 1-800-423-8473 for a free case evaluation. Or check us out at walkthetalkwithkim.com. Get your smile on with Alternative Talk 1150. (laughs) 
This is Michelle Pearson on the, let's see, I think today's name is the Pearson Law Hour. That might work. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, on KP- does what it says on the tin. I like that. It, it does what it says on the tin? On the tin. Oh, uh, that, that's just an expression, oh, meaning okay. it, it is what it is. It's... Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. So uh, when we left, last were talking before the break, we were talking about um, whether a judge and when a judge has the power to alter the number that a jury will come back. Right, or overrule with. a jury. Yeah, um, at, with a judgment. And what I was going to talk about was... Um, a case that my husband tried in Snohomish in 1996, actually just before Christmas. And uh, the judge we tried the case in front of was very, very um, wonderful in terms of keeping things on track. And his rulings were very clear and very tidy and very rule-driven. Um, he was very courteous to everyone and when the jury came back with its verdict form, which in a case such as the one that we had tried, or my husband had tried, um, was broken down into sort of um, subtotals and then a, a large total, he could see that there was something that the jury had added that had never been in evidence. It was just basically something they thought uh, the plaintiff deserved, so they just added it in. Well, that's an appealable issue. So you don't want your court, your your um, your verdict to get overturned because it's it's gone to the division, you know, to the court of appeals at Division One down in Seattle, and because there's been basically an issue where um, that nine hundred thousand, I think it was nine, it was about ninety ninety thousand dollars, something like that, wasn't in evidence. So he did. He actually uh, entered what you call a remitter, which means that he subtracted that amount and then entered the judgment with the final number with that amount deleted from it. You know, subtracted from it. So in that case, that's a that's an example of when a judge has the um, the uh, right to go ahead and and alter. So um, you know the the. Uh, the, the things that I was looking at, one of the things that I want to talk about today was uh, having people sort of who are listening sort of put their themselves in the, the mindset of reporting for jury and mm-hmm. what they might be wondering about and what they would think about that and whether they would try to get out of it and all those kinds of things. And I thought, well, I wonder what is out there on Google. Like if, if I were going to be... If I didn't know about jury duty, what where would I go for information? And I went mm-hmm. out to the um, to the King County um, co- uh, Courts website, and there's a lot of information out there. But it's it's interesting, and I don't want to get um, any phone calls from King County. But it's interesting. <laughs> the thing that I <laughs> noticed about this is mm-hmm. the frequently asked questions on the website mm-hmm. are all geared towards how do I get out of it. Interesting. And I thought, gee, there's nothing on this website that really talks about what jury duty is really about and where it's where it came from and why people need to do it. Because if we if we don't take turns doing this, mm-hmm. um, what's going to eventually happen is that you're going to get 
um, you're going to get people who may not be well-suited right. for jury duty. Um, it's supposed to be your peers, but, you know, if you don't want to do jury duty, right. <laughs> your peers may want, want to do jury duty either. So, right. um, But in, in their defense, these probably are the frequently asked yes. questions. Uh, yes. How do I get out of jury duty? I, I would right. imagine a lot of people probably feel like, oh, I don't have time for that or... Yeah. Ah, this seems like it's going to take a goes. long time, gonna, blah, well, blah, blah. Yeah. Exactly. And and um, the jurors only get compensated $10 a day. Which is, yeah, that's not great. They so get paid? They get paid. They oh, get paid $10 a day, right? It's kind of a nominal, you know, and they get, depending on where they come from, they might get help with bus fare. Like when I served, I got a bus pass for the number of days I would be involved. So I actually oh. took the bus. I was like, Cool. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll write about it or right. something. Let's see what this is all about. You sure. know? And it was it was actually kind of interesting. Um, yeah, but they get paid. They get paid ten dollars a day. Some t- some employers don't uh, don't compensate people when they take off for jury duty, which is also I, I would love to see people just you know, hey, listen, this is again, Mister or Ms. Boss. If this is your child who was right. hurt, wouldn't you want someone with their head screwed on straight sitting mm-hmm. in the chair? Not and, going. You know, maybe, oh my gosh, I'm losing money every day here. Um, right. Yeah. Somebody, somebody from your own workforce whom you trust with the workings of your business. Somebody who's able to think creatively and and analyze things and help a community group come together and try to understand what actually happened mm-hmm. wouldn't you want those people on your jury so i would love to see that um just be something totally from the past where and, and you know people are getting paid correct get, me if i'm wrong but when you are selected to be on a jury you're required by law right to serve on that jury or can you just say i really don't want to do this i got work to do <laughs> um when you're well, once you're selected, mm-hmm. yes, you're required to be there. Unless something happens, unless something happens, once you're seated, you you have to be there. Yes. Now, so, so employees really don't have a choice in this. If they're serving on the the jury, it's not like they're just calling in sick or whatever. Correct. You know, so Correct. the being compensated by their employer for those days it just right. seems logical. Yeah. And I realize that some, you know, obviously some companies just can't afford to have somebody gone for right. three weeks at a time and pay them, but pay them something. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like, I would like to see that, as I said, be just a, a thing of the past. But um, so it's it's uh, as I was saying, a lot of the websites, the the government websites, um, have. I, I think what I'm going to do after I leave here today is I'm going to make a little project for myself to actually maybe get involved and see what else can can be put out on these um, these frequently asked questions. And uh, for instance, being a juror, the King County website says, your job as a juror is to listen to all the evidence presented at trial and, the, and then decide the facts, decide what really happened. And you know that I, th- I know they're trying to make it readable and understandable for most people, but really the job of a juror is to follow the instructions that the judge gives them. Sometimes there isn't any way to decide what really happened. Uh, what you're supposed to do is follow the instructions. And in some cases, all you can decide is whether something is more probably true than it isn't. You can't decide what really happened. 
but you have to look at what the evidence is and decide whether or not something is more likely than not because that's the burden in a civil trial. It's not what really happened. And the burden for a criminal trial is beyond a reasonable doubt, which is completely different than from civil. But, um, you know, I think that phraseology talks more about criminal trials. And, and as I said, I think it's it would be pretty hard to, to say that you, a jury can ever really completely know. I mean, maybe I'm stepping out on a limb here, but it's, it's pretty tough. Um, and the job of a juror really is to get, is to come together with these 12 people and to follow the instructions they're given to decide based on the law in those instructions what their verdict is. So it could be every, anything from, uh, you know, it's more likely than not that, you know, X tractor trailer could have stopped way before hitting Y car. And um, to know what really happened in that situation is going to be pretty difficult because you have to listen to all the evidence and then you have to weigh it. You have to weigh the evidence and you have to decide what is more likely than not in terms of what really, you know, quote unquote, what really happened. Um, And and the other thing, too, that I I would love for jurors to know that if, if they don't, if people aren't willing to serve, what what will happen is that the people who are breaking the rules will end up controlling the community instead of the people who have seen the rules broken and are, and are dealing with the consequences. Because if someone's child is hurt by a crib that should have stayed together and, and didn't and hurt a child, um, you know... Corporations, in the eye of the law, are hum- are are persons, mm-hmm. so they're pretty powerful. So it's very very important for people to get involved. Has it ever been seen as something you know uh, more important uh, than people see it now? You know, as as doing a real service to the community. It seems like people don't think of juries in that kind of respectful way anymore. You know what I mean? It just yeah, seems like I, I do culturally it, there's been a shift, um, you know, towards uh, uh, people thinking that juries are not, you know, just made up of the community like they are, you know? Uh, I I don't know the answer to that question, but mm. I would I would guess that you're right, that it was much more a solemn undertaking years ago than it is considered to be today. Um I think a lot of that has to do with the public discourse about lawsuits in general, mm-hmm. which um, if you look at the real data, lots and lots of that public discourse is completely opposite of what's true. Mm. Um, as I said, no no trial lawyer is going to spend his or her own money going to court on behalf of someone who is a liar. I mean, that just isn't going to happen. It's right. just dumb business <laughs> you just you know you can't keep your head above water if that's what you're about and um and and no client is going to go through to want to go through it either it's it's a very tough long haul so um I th- you know we can talk about more of that when we come back 
Everybody stay tuned. More of the Pearson Law Hour coming your way next with your host, Michelle Pearson, filling in today for Walk the Talk with Kim. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Jerry Pearson, and with my wife, Michelle, we're local residents just like you who have a passion to help those who have been harmed or wronged in our communities. If you have a personal injury from a car crash or a property hazard, an industrial injury, a defective product, or nursing home neglect issue, the Pearson Law Firm can help you anywhere, anytime. Contact us today for a free case evaluation at 1-800-423-8473. That number again is 1-800-423-8473. Or check us out at walkthetalkwithkim.com. Are you stuck? Are you plagued by a toxic relationship? Are you frustrated with a lack of motivation? Workforce Evolution offers classes that explain why people behave the way they do and how to change patterns that wreak havoc on business and relationships in order to accelerate innovation and creativity. Go to WorkforceEvolution.com to find out how you can join a free class. That's WorkforceEvolution.com or call 425-888-9790. You too can lose up to 30 pounds in 30 days with the My Weight Loss to Wellness Accelerated Weight Loss Program. No celebrities, no HCG, and no prepackaged food. See results in just seven days. We use award-winning science-based nutrition and natural botanicals. For information, contact MyWeightLossToWellness at gmail.com and mention Walk the Talk with Kim. Have you heard the phrase, the beatings will continue until morale improves? To organizations, employees are the biggest assets and biggest fans. If they're not feeling heard or appreciated, the bottom line will suffer. For mission-driven organizations, the reliance on employees and managers to rally around the core messaging is critical for success. At Walk the Talk for Success, we provide leadership best practices, education, and communication strategies for mission-driven organizations. Whether you're a business of one, middle manager, or leader in a large company or nonprofit, our experiential workshops and focused on organizational psychology will assist you in achieving success with your messaging and vision. Call for a free consultation today, 425-888-9790, or check us out at www.walkthetalkwithkim.com. Walk the Talk for Success, achieving your message through understanding human behavior. Conscious Living for Conscious People, Alternative Talk 1150. This is Michelle Pearson. We're back uh, during the Pearson Law Hour. This is our last segment today. And with me is um, Eric. Ryder. Eric Ryder. Ryder. Our producer and Lindsay Masters, who's here as um, Kim Ariano's media producer. Media producer. So we're talking about juries. And we left off talking about whether or not there is a, um, a remaining reverence for the jury duty, mm-hmm. and um, I thought it might be a good idea to, to uh, read you a couple of things out of um, something else that I brought with me, which is a li- of some clips, some um, quotes, rather, from a, a video that is viewed by uh, juries throughout the country. It's, um, 
it's a, a video that was done uh, with the several of the Supreme Court justices, uh, both past and present. And some court, some courts, court systems use this video uh, to show jurors to sort of prepare them for their what what's coming and so forth. But some of the quotes are are fascinating. Like for instance, John Roberts, who's our current Supreme Court um, uh, justice. Um, says uh, in this video called uh, Called to Serve, the common sense and sound judgment of citizens joined from the community who have no interest in the case other than to render a fair decision and is precisely that the impartial jury that the Constitution promises to those who come before our courts. One of the things that's interesting about this whole uh, notion of the jury, you know, getting back to what we were talking about earlier earlier in the program um, that the notion is, you know, thousands of years old, that when the Constitution was written, this was one of the things that the founding fathers actually insisted on. We had to put jury, a jury trial by a uh, group of your peers into the Constitution. So it has been there from day one. Very, very important to them. So um, uh, let's see, what else did I want to say about this? Um, uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, uh, she's currently retired, but at the time she was still uh, one of the justices, and she, she, she says, uh, when the Constitution was written, there was no clear understanding to what the founders were going to come up with when they started writing the Constitution with one exception, and that's what I was saying before, that they were absolutely clear in their minds that they wanted a trial by jury and that this was a given. Did you study any of that in 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 school, uh, Lindsay? I didn't. They were elective classes, but there are classes that high schoolers can take at least at my school. I just didn't have room in my schedule for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's an important. It's definitely important to make sure that we spread the word. I feel like saying, "Pay it forward, pay it forward." Talk talk about juries. Talk about juries. <laughs> um, she also, Sandra Day O'Connor, also talked about. Um, how important it is that the whole community is represented. Represented. So again, just making sure that people understand that the community is us. I mean, we're in it together. If we if we start to believe that for some reason we should be excused or we shouldn't be included or that there's something we would be incapable of doing, that's another big thing for people. They're anxious about whether or not they'll be able to understand what's going on and all of that. But the great thing about jury duty is that um, you are put in the position of of learning along with everyone else. No matter what someone's educational level, they will still have to listen to exactly what happened because even though they might have predisposed ideas about what should have happened or what might have happened, you know, in one sense, they could be helpful to people in the jury deliberation in the in the jury room to help them um, understand what what happened from a scientific view, for instance. But everyone is learning the same as everyone else, so um, no one should ever be anxious about not learning what they need to know because the judge is going to give them exactly the rules they need to go by when they go back in the jury room. And it's the attorney's job to make sure that they have all the facts that they need in order to make their decision. So um, when you talk about the whole community, 
it's it's fine for someone to not know. Like, for instance, when I was serving on this criminal case, this was a jailhouse attack, a jailhouse assault. Oh, geez. And I, I mean, I know what it means when someone hurts someone else physically, but I certainly didn't know anything about the life in, in the jail. I didn't, I, I'd never even, I mean, beyond what you see in movies or television, I had no idea what, I just listened to what was, what was being presented and I was learning along with everyone else. So it's important. What, do you have any opinion on, you know, the community aspect of, of jury duty that you would like to share, Lindsay? I, I think it's important. I haven't been called for jury duty yet. Um, you know, my worry is that I get called while I'm still a student and I've got classes, you know, work I can kind of, I can go to a supervisor and say, I've got to get time off. I have to go do, fulfill my civic duty. But classes, you know, you miss four days of class and oh, you're kind of yes. down and out for the quarter. Yeah. You're hosed. Yeah, then then your, your, your school community has to get your back, right, and say, oh, I got all the notes. I got all the notes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, but even then, it's not the same. Yeah, I think it would be interesting <laughs> to go and serve on a jury. You know, it would be really interesting if you ever really, I mean, just go watch a trial. That's fascinating. It's very interesting. Can to see. community members go do that? Oh yeah, oh. yeah. Unless the courtroom is sealed, you can get into. I mean, there are there are some uh, proceedings that are sealed, but most courtrooms you can get in and just you know, as long as you're quiet, um, you can watch whatever is going on in the courtroom. Wow. Yeah, it's fascinating. I didn't realize that. That's yes. really cool. Yes. In fact, I have a a very good friend uh, in North Carolina who. Um, was a um, a director, a theater director. And um, I don't remember exactly why, but he had some time on his hands. It was in be- He was also teaching, so he had some time in between semesters or something like that, and re- or he was doing some research. Anyway, he started going to the courthouse and watching jury trials, and he actually in- ended up including a lot of that experience in his work with, um, with his students and eventually with lawyers to oh, help cool. them do better with presenting material because he was a theater director. So he's like, you know, this is what works in the theater. And guess what? The jury is kind of like an audience. So you have to make sure that you're like looking at them. You have to make sure you're walking towards them and you're not stepping over your own toes and that you're being courteous and, you know, those kinds of things that he saw really worked and some things that didn't. So, so true. Yeah. So the way that I look at um, jurors when I, when I work with my husband to pick a jury or to help pick a jury, you know, we want to make them feel empowered to be of higher purpose, that it's like pure service, it's pure democracy in determining the community standards of what's right and what's wrong. And I encourage everyone when they get the summons to please serve. All right. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have here on the Pearson Law Hour. Walk the Talk with Kim is going to be back next week with your host, Kim Ariano. Be sure and tune in. Thanks so much, Michelle. Thank you.